Hey everyone, welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Just a quick note before today's episode. This summer, we're completing our series of introduction videos with our final season of filming, and we still need to raise about $30,000 to cover those costs, and we would love you to help us with that. And you can do that by visiting the Spoken Gospel website and clicking on Donate. And by doing that, you can contribute to bringing books like the Book of Revelation to life. And whether that's through a one-time gift or a monthly donation, your support makes all the difference in the world. So thank you so much and enjoy today's podcast. Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a ministry that's dedicated to speaking the gospel out of every corner of scripture. In Luke 24, Jesus told his disciples that every part of the Bible was about him. So each week, hosts David and Seth work through a passage of scripture to see how it's all about Jesus and his good news. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Seth, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling well. Yeah? Uh, yeah, I got my COVID vaccine. You did, yeah. Which you're now um, like... Half vaccinated. Half vaccinated. Half, like, you're now half a superhero. Half a superhero. <laughs> or like skim milk. Like skim milk. <laughs> like just halfway there. <laughs> halfway to the real thing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah. Today we're going to continue our time in Obadiah, kind mm -hmm. of. Yeah, we said last week that this would be our, our last day in, in Obadiah because it's so short. But mm -hmm. as we left the book, we realized there was like a huge thing in this book that like we haven't really gotten to take a lot of time personally or on air to meditate on. Yeah. And that is? Uh, the idea of Jesus as our brother. Yeah. So the whole story of the book of Obadiah is one of sibling rivalry mm -hmm. kind of like stretching on for centuries yeah. and these two brothers becoming these two nations and they're fighting with one another. Yeah. And that battle kind of continues through the biblical history and what kind of, and we talked about how the battle between Edom and Jacob mm -hmm. continued all the way up to the time of Jesus. And then as I was studying mm. and I realized that uh, Josephus, he, uh, I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize that Josephus, I was reading Josephus <laughs> and he, he. And Josephus was a, a Jewish, Jewish historian, historian who lived around the time of Jesus. And he records that Herod, uh -huh. King Herod, that murdered oh. the boys in uh, Bethlehem. Right. Was an Edomite. Oh my goodness. So Jesus is a son of Jacob and Herod is a son of Edom, repeating what the book of Obadiah, was talking about repeating the conflict all the way back in the book of Genesis between Jacob and Esau. And we were like, oh my gosh, yeah. it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Sibling rivalry marks even the gospel story. Yes. So yeah, let's let's real quickly recap. I forgot about that here. Right. Thing. Isn't it crazy? That so like crazy. I'm so excited to talk about the, the gospel as a resolution yes. to sibling rivalry. Yeah. And good news for those people who are estranged from their brothers, mm -hmm. who've never had a brother, who have lost their brother. Yeah. Like what does it mean for Jesus to be a, the better older brother? Yeah. Um so I think to like try to position ourselves in the need for this story, I think you've obviously identified some felt needs that people would have for like, why do I need the good news of Jesus as my brother? Well, one, it's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus calls himself our brother. Paul says that Jesus is our brother. So we need to, we need that bit of good news. Uh, uh, two, maybe like you've said, 
you you feel the need for a brother. You've lost a brother. You never yeah. had a brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's other things there. But um, there's also like a clear, like you've pointed out, biblical history of a problem of fractured brotherhood that um, there are brothers, estranged, estranged brothers of God's people, right? Those are, that's Esau and his descendants yeah. were part of God's people at one point when they were in uh, their mother's womb. <laughs> yes. And then they were fractured and yeah. they sold their birthright and their uh, inheritance was, was stolen from them or mm-hmm. taken away from them, however you want to read that story. Yeah, and the twins that were inside... Uh, oh, gosh. I know. Isaac's... That's why I said in their mother's womb. <laughs> in their mother's womb. <laughs> it's... It's... Leah? Re- Rebecca? Rebecca? My gosh. Rachel? I sh- we're Bible... Oh. We're, we're pseudo-Bible scholars. We should and know we- the name <laughs> of Jacob. Rachel. Rachel? Right? Isaac and Rebecca, I think. Isaac pop. and Rebecca sounds right to me. Uh, regardless of it's, the I, it's Rebecca. It's Rebecca. We it's got, Rebecca. We, we guys, we know what we're doing. It's just, um, this humanizes us. It does. It, it does. <laughs> but the, you were saying like in the same way that Esau and Jacob were fighting in Rebecca's womb. It's mm-hmm. also like, that's also like a spiritual picture of us fighting, not just with our biological brothers, but like God, our brother, Jesus, yes, our brother. Absolutely. And one of the things that did help me visualize that was John 3, 3, mm. when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus mm-hmm. and he says, Nicodemus, don't you know that you must be born again? Hmm. As if he's like reflecting back on the Old Testament and Nicodemus is a teacher of... He's the Pharisee. Old Te- he's a Pharisee. He's a yeah. teacher of the Old Testament law. He would know that the narrative of scripture tends towards the being born againness of a human being. Huh. And then... And so I was like, oh my gosh. So like... And then Nicodemus misunderstands. Like, what do you... I go I back... Go back in, in my, my mom? Bus. No, it's like... <laughs> no, it's a spiritual <laughs> rebirth. But the point I think is fascinating is that you have this sibling rivalry in the womb of Rebecca between mm-hmm. Esau and Jacob. We are called Jesus' brother, and there's a type of spiritual womb, a spiritual rebirth that happens in baptism where Jesus, our twin brother, is joined to us, and that res- and the tension that started in mm. Rebecca's room is resolved in the womb of the grave mm. and the, the tomb uh, after the cross, yeah. the waters of baptism. I was like... Okay, that there's feels something there. Super interesting to me. Yeah, I'm e- still, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. Even like, and even uh, Jesus talks about being born of the water and of the spirit, as if the water and the spirit is the the womb from which we are born again. Right. Yes. As Jesus's brother and co-heir. Right. Interesting. Anyway, I think yeah, I I, I think like all the all the pieces line up to be like there's a clear biblical theology a a, a theme that's traced through the Bible that we want to pick up here. I think where I'm still scratching my head is like, one, how would Nicodemus have known (laughs) that he needed to be born again? So I'm like, okay, I need to keep meditating on um, birth estrangement from God. Mm -hmm. Like I am what, like the Edom, right? The nation of Edom was live right next to Israel. Mm -hmm. They shared some DNA with the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. Like, but they were estranged from God. Like mm-hmm. they were outside of his covenant people. They weren't a part of the people who were going to take the land and be a blessing to all nations mm-hmm. as it was promised to Father Abraham. Yeah. Um, they were outside the covenant people who got the law from Mount Sinai and Moses. Like this was a different, estranged people. They were, as Paul says, I think in Ephesians, they were outside the commonwealth of Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't think I've, 
I just don't think I meditate on that very much. Um, just because it's like, oh, we're in Christ. Like that racial distinction, that ethnic distinction, I should say, is gone. Between Edomite and Yeah, Ju- between Judite. Edomite and yeah. Judite. Yeah. But it's like, that's a bigger deal than we think about in today's time. Yeah. So like, what what does that, what's on the line there? Like, what's the problem? Like, is it that you you needed to be a part of God's covenant family or else? Like, right. like what, why is estrangement from the covenant people of God in Israel bad news? I think that's what I'm trying to meditate on. Yeah. And then if you were not part of it, you would need to be born again in order right. to be a part of it. Right, right, right. You would right. need to have your DNA remanufactured yeah. <laughs> in order to be born of Rebecca, you yeah, know. rather than, or even or, Paul uses similar language about being born of Hagar, Hagar or Sarah. Yeah. It's like, there's a, there is something happening here. In oh, even in the yeah. fact that Mary is, bo- like, Jesus is conceived by the Spirit. Uh-huh, but also the, by a woman. By a woman, and, and we too are conceived into new humanity mm-hmm. by the Spirit of God. After being born after, by a woman. After being born by yeah. a woman. Like, there are parallels here. What's on the line if we are, if we are this estranged brother yeah. from our brother Jesus? Yeah. If Jesus is Jacob and right. we are Esau, what's on the line is kind of like... <sighs> what we see playing out through the story, like there will always be an inherent hostility in us mm. towards the God, right? I mean, yes. although that doesn't feel like anything's on the line, especially when I enjoy being hostile to God, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> or we enjoy hostile to his Well, I mean, that, that's part of the problem though, right? Like, like the story of Obadiah, you see that the Edomites, the descendants of Esau, were so like opposed to God and Israel that they would... They were like vultures coming in to pick out, like, to like eat off the carcass of dead Israelites, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, like Israel had been ransacked and they had so little compassion for them mm-hmm. that they didn't even think it was a problem. They were boasting in the fact that they were looting the town. Yeah. And yet this was their demise. And so I think it's actually really bad news for those of us who are estranged from God, estranged from um, being in God's family, that we sin and enjoy sin. Mm-hmm. And yet, we don't see a problem with. We that. don't see it that it's a problem, and like we are going to be destroyed mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, and it's like we need to be reborn to have that arrogance and pride mm-hmm. and um, blindness to sin taken away. Yeah, so that we can start acting like with a new set of genes. Yeah, you know, like to be acting like Jesus, like to mm-hmm. be able to be like our big brother. Yeah, and this this is interesting how Edom's animosity towards Israel began because Jacob tricked them, right? Uh-huh. Yes, Come, yes, yes. And I'm like, I'm trying to think about that too. It's like, is the na- the chosen nation of Israel uh-huh. was born on a trick. Right. And It was a sovereignly ordained trick, but, but like, a trick nonetheless. Part of me is like, isn't Edom kind of right? Right. To be frustrated with Israel? Yeah. Doesn't he have like a legitimate bone to pick with the guy who manipulated him out of his birthright and then tricked his way into getting the blessing from his father? Mm. Um, Cause the story that is in Genesis is a little more thorny than just like, well, chosen people, non-chosen people. Right. Yep. Edom is arrogant and proud from the beginning. It's like, well, well, not really. Well, Jacob, what about this guy over yeah. here? Yeah. I mean, people do point out that like, the fact that Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of stew is a indicator that he didn't value it. 
like didn't value being a part of the people of God, God's chosen line. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't care about that promise. I'd rather eat. Right. Like, so he devalued the promise of being in God's chosen line. Yes. And Jacob valued it. I, so yes. anyway, that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so there is maybe some sin there. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, the, I was, uh, the reason why I bring that up is to maybe even say like the, I, the felt need mm-hmm. of the idea of reconciliation between brothers. Mm-hmm might actually be the biblical need as well. Like there is kind of like an ancient divide between brothers hmm. that like is kind of speaks to like the formation of a nation, yeah. but also speaks to the formation of, of the people of God. Like even when we go back to the Garden of Eden, yes, Cain and Abel, we have another fractured brotherhood, fractured brotherhood, which is a picture of the fractured union between God and mankind, and man and man, and man and man. Yeah, like we, right, we we have division between other humans, and so it's almost as if that um, estrangement from your brother is the fall. Right, like there is a sense like that feeling of being disconnected from your brother, having animosity towards your brother, feeling like you can't reconcile with your brother, being mm-hmm. fearful of your brother is the basic state of human beings yeah. apart outside of Eden. Yeah. Um, so like what's on the line if we don't see this? Like, well, we one, we miss God's design for human families, mm-hmm. but also eternal families. And like we miss the hope of one day being reconciled reconciled with our physical flesh and blood brothers, right? Mm, yeah. Whether that's like they've evolved into nations 600 years from now, <laughs> like the David clan and the Seth clan are one day at war. Uh, I can see that happening. Uh, yeah, I can see that happening too. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I get that. Um, I think the only th- the only thing I'll put on the line and then we can move into fulfillment yeah, yeah. is like there is a biblical pattern of familial salvation like being saved based on who your family is. Mm-hmm. So I think the quintessential picture of this is Noah, right? Where a remnant of the earth was saved. Eight people in all, mm-hmm. right? I think is what yeah. Peter says. Um, eight people in all saved by the ark because of who? Noah and his righteousness. Yeah. And so he had his sons and their, and their sons had their brothers all in the boat and their wives, you know? And it's like, there was this remnant saved by the family connection mm-hmm. and Esau sold his way out of that family connection by selling his birthright. Um, and yeah. Jacob kept it. And mm-hmm. so he was saved by the fact, even though he was a trickster saved by the fact that he was still familiarly connected to the covenant line mm-hmm. of Abraham. And so there is a theological need here. I just wanted to point out that there's a theological need for us to be connected to the tree. Like the, 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 like this is family line, the family line, the family tree of Abraham. I mean, I'm trying to use Romans nine lang or Romans, uh, what is that? 11. Yeah. Romans 11 language Mm -hmm. where it's talking about how Gentiles are grafted in to the Mm -hmm. tree. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that must happen that we, myself as a, as a non, uh, ethnic Jew, I have to be humbly grafted into the family of Abraham and that now I am now part of Israel. Yeah. Right. And like, I just don't think we, we think about that very often. I think we tend to dilute Israel into it doesn't matter right, because right. all nations No, it matters. All nations are now in Israel. Yeah. And we are humbly grafted in. And so we need to be reborn mm-hmm. so that we can be Israelites, Yeah, <laughs> you know, in That's right. Christ. That's we right. are now in the chosen family because it's not bloodlines, 
you know, Paul will say in Galatians, it's not bloodlines that make you an Israelite or a true Jew, as he would say. It is faith in God, yeah. faith in Jesus. That's what made Abraham the chosen. Like what is, he yeah. trusted God. What's on the line is that whenever we t- hear all these like judgments against the nations, mm-hmm. what's on the line is like those judgments still stand against the nations. That's right. God's promises have only ever always gone towards Israel. Mm-hmm. And it's only by being in Israel right. that we can, by being in Jacob, not Edom, mm-hmm. uh, that we can actually experience the blessing that God promises. Right. And the thing that Israel didn't see in the Old Testament, couldn't see in the New Testament in Jesus, and which apparently Nicodemus had a hard time seeing as well, was that the way that you could be grafted in wasn't just by physical lineage. Mm-hmm. There's a spiritual type of birth that was happening, not just all the way back in Abel and in the birth of Jacob and his grabbing at the covenant that was Esau's and the trick there, but there's, mm-hmm. there's a faithfulness there too that we join into. And yeah. It's by that faith that we get in the family tree because yep. everything else is not, promise to stand right right yep faith I, think, only. I think i missed that i think that oh yeah you're right because all nations are part of part of the world now right are part of god's plans therefore the whole world's fine well yes <laughs> but only when they're connected to the family tree of abraham that's right uh so do that or else right you know? like, yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. yeah absolutely so it's like whenever we um as 21st century gentiles who believe in jesus as the son of God and our brother, we have the opportunity to read the the um, like curses against the nations at the mm-hmm. end of Obadiah yeah. as things that will not fall on us. Why? Right. Well, because we are true Israel, mm-hmm. and like yeah. God has promises that extend to us. Yeah, Jacob's our spirit. Jacob is our brother. Yep, Jacob's our brother. Jacob's and our so, brother. because the covenant was extended to Jacob, and we are in his line through faith, not blood. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, we're and it's safe. kind of like it's almost like. On this side of the cross, like we have the opportunity to choose which family we want to be adopted in. Right. You know, it's like, or, or as Paul would say, we, we come pre-adopted into the family of Edom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. everyone's born adopted in Edom. Right. Uh, but you can, by faith, be adopted into the family of Jacob. Right. Yeah. Paul would say, like, you are by nature, by mm-hmm. birth, children, sons yeah. of wrath. Sons of Edom. Sons of Edom. Sons yeah. of destruction. Yeah. Um, by nature, like your dad is wrath. Your dad is mm-hmm. destruction. Your dad is Edom. And what's think about too, the picture that you have of wrath mm-hmm. in Obadiah, right. you have Edom, this jealous, angry, vicious brother taking advantage of his little brother and shipping him and partnering with the superpower of Syria to sell them into slavery. Mm-hmm. So like, that's the picture of our spiritual father, Edom. Yeah. And that's the family we're born into. Right. And that's how we treat our other our brothers around mm-hmm. us. But we have the opportunity by faith to be adopted into mm-hmm. the family of Jacob and to um, be remade, reborn, mm-hmm. and have our genes rejiggered, you mm-hmm. know, to start living in different ways. Yeah. So it's cool. Okay. Yeah. I get what's on the line. So you want to talk about... Yes, let's talk about how Jesus is our better older brother and how Jesus brings us into that family tree. (music) 
Okay, so we said we're going to meditate on Jesus as our brother now that we know what's on the line-ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to now meditate on how Jesus fulfills this broken brotherhood that we have been born into but have been reconciled out of by having faith in him. Yeah, I mean, the the, the idea that we're brothers is probably most clearly seen in the idea of adoption, uh-huh, right? Yep. So it's like, and normally when adoption is talked about by Paul and the epistle writers, it's normally about our adoption. God is our father and we are his sons. Yes. But by default, <laughs> if Jesus is God's son, that means he's our brother. If we've been, yeah, if we've been adopted to have God as our father and Jesus's father, uh, Jesus' father is God. We have the same father. Therefore, we're brothers. Therefore, we're brothers. Now, and that idea doesn't, is not given as much airtime as the idea of God being our father. Right. That's the big piece of good news like yeah. that we that's focused on a lot but there is a secondary idea that we are jesus's brother yep and that is a unique aspect of the good news that should make us worship mm-hmm. and it's picked up a few different times in the new testament okay i've got uh romans 8 uh hebrews 2 and even in jesus's own ministry he says it in john uh mark, mark. uh three uh, mark three i believe where did i put it in my notes mark 3 32 and 35 okay uh, maybe start in mark since jesus kind of introduces the idea okay. for yeah. us mark three yeah mark 3 32 to 35 all right um and here jesus is talking to a group of people as he often did um and he, his parents come to him while he's in the middle of talking to a group of people wanting healing and they say jesus your brother and mother are outside your family's outside right it would be very taboo in this moment that jesus is hosting all these crowds of people um and and leaving his mom and brothers outside like in an honor shame culture Mm -hmm. that is has strong family ties this is extremely disrespectful and yeah. it's like, um, I'm doing the work of ministry, mom. Hold on. That's, right. You don't do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and even more so, you don't serve guests and estrange your mom in right. this culture. That is just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, they're like, uh, you're committing a huge cultural taboo here, Jesus. He's like, you're leaving your mother and your brothers out in the cold. And then Jesus replies. So well, who are my mother and my brother? <laughs> he uses the teaching moment. <laughs> yeah. He said, and it's then like, he looks. What a r- dumb question, <laughs> Jesus. Who are my mother and my brother? You don't know? <laughs> Uh, and then he looked at uh, looked at those seated in the circle around him. So these are the people that just wit- Jesus witnessed do a miracle and do all this stuff. And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Hmm. The person who is part of Jesus's family is the person who does God's will, right. keeps God's law, mm-hmm. which is actually entirely consistent with the Old Testament. Hmm. Who is part of God's family? Who is true Israel? The one that obeys God's law, mm. right? Like that's every covenant curse ever listed in the prophets is always tied to breaking God's law, right. breaking God's will. Yep. Then as soon as you do that, you're outside of God's family and yeah. outside of his covenant. You're no longer part of the family tree. That's yeah, like when, G- when God would say like at Sinai, like I will be your God, you will be my people if you do all that I command you to do. Right. Obedience to God's will mm-hmm. is part of being grafted into his family. Yes. Okay, I get that. And so Jesus is picking up on the Old Testament saying, if you do the will, uh, do, do God's will, you are my brother and you're my sister and my mother. Yeah. So like there's... Um, you're in my family. You're in my family. Yeah. So there's the covenantal connections we're already talking about. And then there's just the deep, emotive, mm. intimate connections that it has. Jesus, when we mm. do his will, considers us 
to be his intimate mother, his intimate brother, and his intimate sister, and his intimate father. He doesn't right. mention that. Here, so much but. so that he invites us to come inside and eat with him and be in his home. Even at the expense of his earthly mother. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's kind of like... That's very intimate. And that's and I was like, that's pretty a pr- pretty profound statement by mm. Jesus, that we would be that close to him and that we would, he would consider us that way yeah. just by doing... I don't... Yeah, I, when I think about Jesus... And, and, and let me... Big caveat. Yes. I'm not saying Jesus is not meant to be falling on your knees in front of him and worshiping him and... He yeah. is Lord too. Yeah. Right. He is Lord. Capital yeah. L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord. But just because we're focusing on him as our brother right. doesn't mean we also okay. don't so, yes. see him as Lord. So yes. I want to name that as a caveat, but I'm just like, man, I love, I, I, I think there's a separation I feel between me and Jesus mm-hmm. because I often only think of him as Lord and Savior. I think of him as God, right? Who Who is seated above all else. And that's his like, lofty version of him in my head right the yeah. the transcendental version right right but then there's also transcendent transcendent version but then there's also the the near version mm-hmm. right um where he's my savior he came to earth and lived the life i should have lived mm-hmm. and died the death that i should have died right yes and like that's him as my savior but that's as close as he gets to me you know where it's like he's lord above and savior below Mm-hmm. But he's also saying, and I'm the brother who moves in. Like, mm-hmm. David, I love you. Like, you're my brother. Come here. Yeah. You're my brother. Sit with me. Yeah. I shared a womb with you. Yeah. Oh, c- no. Right? That's <laughs> like, 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 yeah. Like, that's functionally what Jesus the, is the, saying. The womb of the spirit the, by which we have been reborn, as yes. Jesus said to Nicodemus. Yeah. We're. Oh. <laughs> so then let's jump to Hebrews from here. Hebrews 2 chapter 12 yeah let me put myself uh, together and get there. hebrews okay. chapter 2 uh verse 11 okay um maybe we should start at verse 10 actually okay so remember like jesus is told us we share a womb with him when we do his will for it was hold on before you read this <laughs> speaking of the transcendent and then the near can yeah. i just talk about what came first in hebrews right before this Please do. Like Hebrews chapter one is all about how Jesus is God who is above all things, the heir of all things, the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of God's nature, who's above every single angel and power in the whole universe. He is above all. Okay. But also, and it's fitting, (laughs) verse 10, that he for whom, by whom, and through whom all things exist in bringing many sons of glory should make the founder and their salvation perfect through suffering. Mm. For he sanctifies, and those who are sanctified all have one source. Now, this is kind of a confusing verse. Mm. But what I believe he's, he's saying is that Jesus, by his own suffering, makes us his brothers. Right. He's, he yeah, makes bringing, us perfect. Yeah, he says bringing many sons mm-hmm. to glory. Yes. Yeah. The glory, like, he's talking about, like, he was... He is the radiance of God's glory. Yes. Right? Is the is the way that the Hebrews author has been talking about glory. And so he's giving the sons of God the glory of God through his suffering, mm-hmm. which is the foundation of our salvation. And that's why, verse uh, 11, he's not ashamed to call us brothers. Man. I mean, I get that. 
Because <laughs> it's like, I think, like, I get the idea of being ashamed to own one of your siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, they don't, uh, we, we don't talk about, we don't talk about my sister. <laughs> um, where it's just like, I can get that idea in my head, yeah. you know, and uh, like, that's interesting. It's like, if, if we as humans can be ashamed of our earthly siblings, it's like, is that your brother? Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no, I don't know who. I don't, I don't know like, who that is. Yeah, he is, but like, we're not close. You know, yeah. like that's yeah. like things that people do, or like, yeah, that's my brother, but I'm nothing like him. You right. know, like we do that. Yeah, we define we are, ourselves against our siblings. We're we are ashamed of our own siblings. Right. But Jesus, who has every right to be ashamed of us, since he's the glory of God, and we are not, <laughs> he has every right to be ashamed. To be like, yeah, all right, you're my brother. Right. But he's not ashamed to call us brothers. And, oh, and sorry, I just did a, a, no. a word study okay. on on um, this word, ashamed, yeah. in the Bible, in the New Testament, Greek. And it's about um, it's about um, class, okay. right? So it's like to be ashamed is to um, move from one grade of class to a lower grade of class. Okay. To go, you know, from prince to slave, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and like Jesus is saying that he is, he does not experience a degrading in his own class hmm. by calling us brothers. Yeah, that's how powerful his glory is. Hmm. Is that when he calls us brothers, he his station is not is does not go down. Our station hmm. goes up. Interesting. Anyway, interesting. This is interesting. Yeah. Well, think about then like the way in which we so quickly push off our siblings when they make us feel ashamed or they threaten our class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, verse 14, since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, so meaning all humans, children, have flesh and blood, Jesus himself likewise partook of the same things so that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death we're subject to lifelong slavery. Mm. So think about, well, one, think about Edom, how Edom sold their brothers into slavery. So we've got the, that theme. Right. We also have the idea of the fear of death being a type of slavery. We're enslaved and fearful of death. And then we have the personification of death in the accuser, the one who acu- the devil, the one who accuses us of doing wrong. And then you have a brother mm-hmm. who chooses to, to identify with the shamefulness of his his shameful siblings mm-hmm. in order to undo all those things. Like right. Edom's response to the shamefulness of Israel was to sell them into slavery and pick over the remains. Right. Our response to the brothers and sisters we're estranged from is to push them to the side. Jesus's response, even though he's a class above, is to go a class below, right. to take on flesh and blood so that he by dying can free us from death Mm. and the one that has the power of death and the one that enslaved us to the fear of death. Mm. Edom is destroyed when our gooder, gooder, our gooder, gooder, our better big brother, Jesus comes and does what Edom never did. It's really interesting. Uh, This is, this is subverting the brotherhood of Jesus for me or flipping it on its head. Okay. Uh, And it, and then it, and then it gets flipped back, but it's like, I've only ever thought of Jesus as my brother as you're my big spiritual brother who makes me a co-heir and elevates me to your station because now I'm a son of God and um, you're my big heavenly brother. Yeah. Here, he's saying that he's our brother because he took on flesh and blood. Yeah. He's our brother, beca- not not first because he made us like him, but because he became like us. Yeah. 
He's like, I'm your brother because I was born of a woman just like you were. Mm-hmm. Not because you've been born of spirit first. Yeah. I'm I'm your brother because I look like you mm-hmm. and I breathe air like you breathe and I feel pain like you feel. I'm literally like in the brotherhood of humanity now. And I did that so that I could save you. Mm-hmm. Because and I and I think about Edom and Jacob, and I'm like, imagine if Edom would have taken on that tack. Like, imagine if right. Edom would have been like, we'll fight with you, Israel. Maybe they would have pushed back the Babylonians. Yeah. Maybe they would have been saved if their brother would have come to their defense and identified with them instead of lording it above them. But instead of lording it above us as his brothers, Jesus comes in to fight the fight with us and takes on flesh and blood, says, I am your brother. Look at me. Skin, bone, nerves. I'm a, I'm a homo sapien. I'm your brother. And now, I, I, now that allows me and puts me in the position to die for you because I am you. Mm-hmm. Like... And then it flips on its head and he becomes our heavenly big brother and elevates our station to his. Yeah. Anyway, that's a... It's really good. Thanks, Hebrews. Hebrew, I mean, then he goes on and even connects it to the family of Abraham. He says, for surely it is not angels that he helps, mm. but the offspring of Abraham, mm-hmm. which Hebrews and Paul will go on to develop as anyone who has faith in the Lord, our true brothers and members of the family of Abraham. Right. That's why he's made us to be like his... That's why he has made... That's therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect. Right. Yeah. So, which goes back to your point. Yeah. It's not that Jesus is our big brother, like condescendingly in a good sense, right. bringing picking us up, picking us yeah. up, and being. But no, no, he becomes lowly like we are, so that he can. Yeah, he had to be made like us in every respect in order to die for us. What gives Jesus the right to die for our sins? He's our brother. Yeah, he's like us in every way. Yeah, and yet did not sin. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Love that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Love that. Uh, what else? What other verses are we meditating on? I, I would probably jump to Hebrew, uh, not Hebrews, Romans, Romans 8 from here. Oh, boy. So um, Romans 8 is just a great passage of scripture anyway. It's the billboard but, top 100 of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> but if you just think about everything that we just said there. So then, brothers, mm. we are debtors, not according to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Before we get into the deep waters of Hebrews yeah. 8, I'm just... I'm like, right there. So then, brothers. That's Paul, mm-hmm. a human, yeah. not Jesus, talking to other humans yeah. that are in Christ together. Like, mm-hmm. not only is Jesus our brother, mm-hmm. we now have brothers in the church, yeah. you know, and sisters in the church. And I'm like, as we talk about this and like our shared humanity and how in Christ we are saved because he, he was made like us in every respect, but then he's also elevated as a son of God and we're sons of God, which makes us brothers. I'm like... That makes calling some some other Christian like my brother hmm. so much more weighty, and it's like, yeah. And do I see my Christian brothers as those who I would let in my house ahead of my earthly family, like Jesus did? Yeah. Or I'm like, who are who's my mother and who's my brother? Like Seth is my brother. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Or even to do what Jesus did is to like to go a class below, in right? Or to accept them into your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have. I mean, classism exists, I'm sure, everywhere. And I know that it's not the full extent right. of the word ashamed. But, like, there's, all, there's always people that we don't want to associate with. Right. But if they have faith in Christ, they are our brothers. And right. we should approach them as Jesus approached us. Without shame. Without shame. Like, that's a that's a powerful Anyway, rebuke. go ahead, yeah. Romans 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not according to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. Like, we're brothers. We were bought by this mm. humble brother who comes down, beca- takes on our sin, d- 
defeats the devil for us. That's how we've been saved. Right. So don't act like a fleshly brother and just cast off the siblings that shame you. Don't act like you're in the flesh anymore. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But if, you live, but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. This is kind of continuing the thing he started off before. Mm -hmm. But this is where it gets uh, to the brotherhood stuff. For all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. Mm. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. So this is what the author of Hebrews was talking about too. Mm -hmm. Like slavery to death, slavery to the fear of death. You've been made sons of God. You did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back in fear, but you received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Yeah. Just, so we've we've received a spirit of adoption. Mm -hmm. This is what we've talked about. Yeah. You are born of flesh. Yeah. But then you're adopted when you're born of spirit. Yes. Right? When you place your trust in Jesus, you share a spiritual womb, womb. with Christ. Right. He becomes your spiritual brother, and you are born ad and adopted simultaneously in that yeah. moment into his new family. Right. And that gives us the right. I know we're not talking about fatherhood here, right. but I never get to talk about this. Yeah. Uh, one time, like, uh, I, I went to Israel back in, I think, 2016. And we had just gotten off the plane in Tel Aviv and we're like making our, the, 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 like the bus ride into Galilee uh, from Tel Aviv. And we stop off like halfway at some like little falafel place on the side of the road. And we go in, we order falafel, we're sitting there waiting for our food. And this little boy runs up to his dad and is like running to him. He's probably like four, like is wraps his arm around him and all the way he's running, he's going, Abba, 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 and then grabs him. Yeah. And I was like, I'm done. And I just like start crying. And I'm like, that's the way that's really sweet. that being Jesus's brother allows us to approach Father God is yeah. Abba, Daddy. Like, I'm still really uncomfortable even with like thinking about my relationship with God that way. Well, think about what the spirit of adoption like physically mm. means, like physically, emotionally, yeah. psychologically means in that moment. Verse 16, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Mm. There's a part of us that doesn't believe yeah. that's the, the virtue, that's the, how God relates to us. Yeah, why would the spirit like, need to remind <laughs> you and bear witness to your soul that you actually are God's child if you believed it already? Right. It's like, of course there's a part of me that's like, there's no way I'm qualified to call the God of the universe dad. Yeah. You know, and Jesus, my Lord and Savior who created all things and to whom all things have their end. He's my big hey, brother. Hey, big brother. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. No, of course there is. And the Holy Spirit is bearing witness, screaming to your soul that it's true. We are children of God. And then, and the Holy Spirit exists to remind us that if we are children then we are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Right. Of and with are really important prepositions there. We are heirs of God. W like where, like whose fortunes are we inheriting? God's fortunes. He's the dad. Mm -hmm. So his, his fortune goes to his sons. So we're heirs of God and then co-heirs or fellow heirs with Christ. We share mm -hmm. that inheritance from God with Jesus. Right. And just like all other inheritances, when do you get your inheritance? When your dad dies? When when there's a death in the family. Okay. Right? Like that's all, that's all it means. It's like yeah. another way to it's like Jesus dies. Right. So the inherit God dies. Mm. Like it's like it's like Jesus dies, yes, yes, but God dies. Right, yes. In a sense. God the Son dies. God the Son dies. Yes. 
Therefore, the inheritance must be given out. Right. The firstborn dies. You know, like, yeah. that's what's happening here. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, whereas Esau gave up and sold and discredited and devalued his birthright so that Jacob could have it, Jesus lays it down mm-hmm. and shares it with us. Yeah. Right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's the difference. Like, he's a better big brother than Esau. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's cool. It, yeah, it's super cool. And so, like, and so, and so, what's the inheritance? All things, the universe, mm, everything. Yeah, we are heirs of the infinity of God. Yeah, it's a. He says, so that we may be glorified with Him. Remember, when we were in Hebrews, we were like, Jesus, Jesus is the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature. So, inheriting that, what does that mean? It means we will be glorified with Him, and like Jesus talks about that in John. First uh, John, First uh, John three two says, "When we see him, we will be made like him, like we will become like Jesus." We like mm-hmm. the the spiritual DNA that we've yeah. been reborn into now as brothers of Jesus will become like supernatural physical DNA when we are glorified and robed with the inheritance of God. Yeah, we'll look like Jesus's brother. The Holy Spirit's job is to remind us that we are adopted into God's family. And that we are sons of God mm-hmm. and daughters of God, mm-hmm. and that Jesus is our brother. The Holy Spirit also exists to remind us that we will inherit along with Jesus the entire world and all the goodness and infinity of God. And then this is interesting. You read the last sentence, but provided we suffer with him, right, in order that we may also be glorified mm-hmm. with him. This goes back to Hebrews. Suffering and glory, suffering and sanctification were tied super closely together then as well. Right. When we su- when Christ suffers like us, he adopts us into his family. Mm. And then when we suffer like Christ, we're adopted into his family. We're adopted into his family. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and then even yeah. like um when we suffer, the Holy Spirit makes these things seem more true. I think that's yeah. like, like there's a contextual thing here. Provided we suffer, mm. when like when do we most know that we're God's sons? When will we most know that Jesus is our brother? Mm-hmm. I think in the moments that we suffer. Right. So there's a message of grace here too for like those who are suffering under the estrangement they have from their brother, whether mm. their brother or sister is incredibly manipulative or you know like yeah 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 whatever. Like in those moments of suffering not only will we be made more like God and more mm. like Jesus, but we'll also be reminded that we are more like God and mm. more like Jesus than we, we thought was possible. Yeah. That's really good. Man, okay. Yeah, Jesus is our brother. Jesus is our brother. Um, that was really cool. I yeah. really like that. But anything I, else? I don't think I have anything else. Um, no. Okay. I think that's Jesus is our brother. There we go. Well... That's, I think, our last reflection on Obadiah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, so where, where, where are we going? Amos after this, right? Amos is next. Okay, yeah. awesome. Well, guys, thank you for uh, taking another trip through kind of the book of Obadiah with mm-hmm. us and reflecting on its major theme. Um, we will see you next week in the book of Amos. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel creates short films, devotionals, and podcasts like this one. Everything we make is free because of generous supporters like you. To see our resources, visit SpokenGospel.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening. See you next week.